Episode 12 of the Desiree MMA Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in to the number one base. Fuck. <laughs> number one base chicken. Episode 12, Desiree MMA Podcast. The number one Utah-based podcast in the state and in the nation. And in I'm the host, world. In the world. The widest of worlds. Yeah. 13 dimensions. I am your host, Garrett Kimball. As always, accompanied by my lovely partner, Kobe Mooney. What's going on? Big weekend for fights last weekend. Big weekend Huge for weekend. us, too. Yeah. It was a damn good weekend, man. It was uh, for sure. Waste management was on. Um, I don't know if you saw that clip of Tiger Woods handing Justin Thomas a tampon. No, I didn't see that clip. That's funny. <laughs> uh-huh, he fucking... He outdrove him, then he reached out his hand and had him a fucking Tampax. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not here to talk about golf. We're here to talk about the, the motherfucking Ultimate Fighting Championship. Oh, yeah. Fucking UFC 284, bro. This 2023 is going to be a fucking massive year for fights. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, that's what a lot of people are saying with the release of Nagano and stuff. They're going to announce a lot of really big fights to try to cover up losing some people. And they fucking delivered, man. John Jones coming back. Mm -hmm. 284 was fucking stacked. Two pay-per-views next month. We got the London card two, Usman and Edwards three. That's going to be a good one. Peter Yan. I'm excited for that. um, Yeah, Peter Yan and DeWalla Willie fight on March 11th. Fucking Cheeto Vera versus Corey Sanhagen on the 25th. And then they announced UFC 287, Alex Piera versus Adesanya 2 in Miami, Florida. In Miami? In Miami. I don't know if it is, but it might be at the fucking Hard Rock Stadium. Doesn't that have a retractable roof on it? I'm not sure. I think so. I think so. If so, I don't know why they wouldn't go there. I, I know they could fucking fill that out. Yeah, that'd be sweet. But fucking stack, dude. This is going, this could be one of the best years for the UFC. I truly think that, man. Especially if they get on this role, we've got Darius and, and Chalavera. That's probably going to happen in May. Um, but we got Holloway and fucking Arnold Allen, April 15th. Jones versus Gone, Valentina Shevchenko versus Alex Barrasso, Jeff Neal versus Shavkat, Bo Nickel returns to make Bo his debut. Bo Nickel, his UFC God. debut, bro. I watched a Bo Nickel interview, I think, with Ariel Hawani the other day. Dude's looking like he's ready to kill. Oh, yeah. Fucking shave his hair fight. off. Shaved Made the main card for that. Dude. His UFC debut's yeah. on the main card with John Jones card. Obviously, we, crazy. Lost, we lost fucking uh, Dan Hooker. He was supposed to fight on that card against Jalen Turner. Yeah, we got some good crazy stuff to talk about with Dan Hooker later. And then fucking Cody Garbrandt comes back. Hopefully he doesn't get his ass knocked out. Drew Drikas Duplessis comes back to fight Derek fucking Brunson, dude. Julian Marquez. Ian Gary fucking comes back. The, the fucking future of Ireland mixed martial arts. Fucking it, God. 285 is stacked, bro. John Jones. My first time ever getting a chance to watch John Jones live. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, dude. I'm excited for Obviously that. Obviously not live in person. I really, mm-hmm. really, really wanted to go to that, but 
big year ahead of us. Oh yeah, and in for both our lives, of us. we couldn't couldn't make that happen. But yeah, unfortunately, could be our last opportunity to see John Jones, unless he comes back and wins that, bro. You know, and we've got we we saw Luke Rockhold's last fight, Jose Aldo's last fight. I'm trying to think if I've seen anyone. Uh, I think maybe Jessica I may have retired, but. Fucking big year for the UFC. Well, let's get into last weekend, man. 284. Um, I watched, we watched everything. Um, obviously, you guys could probably see by the title today, uh, we had a big interview with Sam Alvey. That we big did. interview. Sam right. Alvey was awesome. Sam Alvey was dope, bro. Mm-hmm. That was so cool that he took some time out of his day to just speak to us. It was a little bit later. We that's what we were trying to work on last weekend. The schedules just didn't align right there, and then uh, we were waiting for it, and we were all we were ready this time. The first time was on us. We didn't have the link ready for him when when uh-huh. we said that we were supposed to, but this time we were ready. We had the link right mm-hmm. fucking there. I even double. I felt like Ariel Juan. I double texted him, and <laughs> but the weekend before uh, he did reply. I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't have service. I'm good to go now. But we were busy, and we had to go mm-hmm. our separate ways. But this time we were having the fight, so we had all day. And so when he hit us back up, he was like, hey, sorry, I got caught up building a fence with my family. I was like, we're all good. If you if you still want to do this today, we can do it. He's like, yeah, send me a link. Yeah, it worked we out perfect. We, I don't know how long we, how long that interview, do you know how long the interview is? Uh, about 20 minutes. About 20, damn, it did not seem like that long. It seemed, it, seemed like, oh, it seemed like longer to me, bro. We were, Did it? It seemed like, it seemed like it was like a, a lot of time. We were I like, thought it was like a five-minute sure. conversation. No, it was about 20, 20 or so, I think. But the first interview that we've ever had with the podcast, I think we deserve a toast to that. Yeah, shout, out to, shout out to Sam Alvey. That we was weren't, dope, but... We weren't quite set up how we wanted to be. So the quality nope. on the video for you'll the see, interviews is a see little shaky. Technical difficulty. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit shaky, but it was our first one. Yeah, and you only get better. I mean, that's something that we've done is consistently get better and better and better as we mm-hmm. go on. We're still shaky. I mean, we we run a fucking backyard operation. You know, <laughs> we don't. We'll come back next time with, a, with some better like stuff. That. Yeah. I next mean, interview we, will be slightly better, and then yeah, each one after that, sure. we'll just keep getting better. He said that he'd love to come back on. I'd love to have another conversation. Yeah, with him. Awesome. We each had a ton and ton of questions that we wanted to ask, especially you. Mm-hmm. And he gave us a lot of good content. I mean, lots of good uh, answers, long answers, long answers. I mean, Sam Alvey is just a straight pimp, bro. An OG, mm-hmm. OG of the game. His perspective on everything is that's something that I really appreciated because he's not hiding nothing or faking something no. like you could tell he's just super fucking genuine yeah and real genuine guy real awesome guy it was just a fucking amazing experience but i think mm-hmm. when by the time the interview ended it was halfway through the first fight and that was a split decision so we didn't really get to watch that and then i was chefing up um what did I, nachos i think i just nachos. nachos i'm pretty good at least reed got took the l that Blake Blighter, Builder, Builder, my bad. I hadn't seen him before. Oh, he was on a contender series. Yeah, he was a contender series guy. He won with submission, then he wins a unanimous decision against the hometown Australian. He outstruck him 126 to 81 through 206 strikes, though. 
111 of his 126 strikes were significant. I want to rewatch that fight. That was a good one. The whole Jack card, Jenkins. top to bottom, was good. That Jack Jenkins fight was crazy. That dude throws that kicks Jack with bad Jenkins. intentions. That dude, I think they said he broke like three of his past opponent's legs. He came out saying that Shanus's legs was leg was broke too. Yeah, the the commentary the commentary crew was really fucking big on his leg potentially being fucking yeah. broken. Those like his kicks were crazy. His kicks were crazy, but Shane Shanus wore it, man. Mm-hmm. Like he he wore it like a fucking Definitely. true red red white and blue blooded American. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, Obviously, he lost, and he was losing. I mean, he wasn't all that in it, but, I mean, he never never showed any sign of weakness, never mm-hmm. gave it to him. And then at the end of that, I think it was the first round, he fucking kicks Jenkins back. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. And then Jenkins just fucking opened. <laughs> oh, just bah, bah, yeah. bah, bah, Fucking hit him like six times. And then the round, he's all smiling shit. Jack Jenkins is going to be a beast. Another Jack Jenkins is an animal. Along. Watch out for him for sure. Jamie Malarkey looked fucking good. And he called out Patty Pimblett, which would be a hell of a fight for Pimblett. Because obviously, I've said this, I don't know how good Pimblett is anymore. That last fight really deterred me away from him. I thought Jared Gordon beat him. So, Jamie Malarkey's a really good fucking test coming off that decision win. He looked really good. He did what he had to do to get the win. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Kulalabo. Come out there and fucking stomp that Armenian guy. Fucking, <laughs> that's what the Josh Klubo dude in the fucking face offs. He was like, I'll putting his hands in this fucking Armenian's face. This dude's got like throat tattoo and he's just sitting there going like chewing on his gum. And he fucking grabbed that dude by his throat and fucking threw him. So it was dope. <laughs> I think the, the crowd went even more wild because they got it. They had 5,000 people at their fucking press conference. That's crazy. That's fucking bonkers, bro. How many people were at the one you Not that to. many. Not that many in Salt Lake. I don't know what the number was. I, I never even... I don't even know if they put that information out, how many people went, but it was not 5,000 people. Hmm. I don't know if it was 1,000. I don't even think it was 1,000 people. No, no. I don't. I don't know if it was more than 500 people, but it was... I don't get how not, bro. It was free. And that's what yeah. I always wanted to know. Was how that shit kind of worked. It's free. I don't know why they wouldn't do more because they had a ton of shit sectioned off. Like, is it free for anyone or is it free with yeah, your no, ticket? Free for, free no, free for anyone. It's it's free oh. to the public. Dang. Yeah, that should be that should have been packed for sure. Then you'd think. And we were early, so maybe they told people like, "No, nah, we're full." Like we're full. Maybe. I don't know. We were early. I'm always early. I like to be early. Early is on time. But then we got Jack Della Madalena. I didn't get to watch that one live. I can't remember what I was doing during that fight, but he knocked his ass out quick. Knocked him out bad, too. I seen a video of them after, though. After the fight, they were doing shots together. I would love to see that shit, bro. Yeah. Like when Curtis Blades and Tom Aspinall fought in the England for the main event. And like 10 seconds in, Aspinall threw a kick and fucked up his leg. That They posted a picture of them sharing a beer in, in the hotel room after. Yeah. I, I fucking love that camaraderie shit, bro. Yeah, for sure. I definitely like when there's some real beef and shit like that, but camaraderie is really respectable. Mm-hmm. 
Then we got the interim featherweight title fight versus Jair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett. Um, I, every time I see his name, I want to come Jair because I got shot Jair. Jair Moran. <laughs> but that, that's how, his name's spelled the exact same way. He's Mexican too, and that's how he mm-hmm. says it. So I always want to say Jair Rodriguez, but I think it is Jair. Um, he looked fucking good, bro. He Josh looked really Emmett looked good. Like a straight skeleton out of a science book, high school <laughs> science book, bro. At that weight cut. Did you see those pick? I've sent you several fucking beams of that guy, dude. He yeah, was he looked death- rough. Deathly fucking ill. And speaking of that. I don't know. I haven't seen this other than once. Jack Della Della Manalena. I can't fucking say his name. He was like seizing in his fucking weigh-in interview. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm -mm, I did not see that. He's talking to him and he's like, and he starts like, like his face starts fucking convulsing and then he doesn't speak right when he starts talking again. It's not good, dude. And he looked, he looked like Josh Emmett too, cutting weight. And that's at 170. Yeah, lots of rough weight cuts. He's a big fucking boy. Few people struggle with their weight cut on this fight. Few people really do struggle with their weight cut, especially when you start getting a name and it's hype, and then you're more you have more notoriety and you're more mm-hmm. of a celebrity. But that was a fucking fight, man. Yair was just picking him, picking him apart from the outside, and I had said he can't do this. Like, like Josh Evans gonna have to eat some shots walking forward because he will circle you and pick you apart and he was landing fucking bombs dude yes he was i don't know if he could have done that for 25 fucking minutes his fight versus max holloway if you haven't watched that bro that's a hell of a fucking fight two straight I've seen parts top, but I haven't seen the whole top thing. of the best top of the best of the division man mm-hmm. that is a fucking fight and josh Emmett, i mean he landed some shots too yeah it was a good fight Yair Rodriguez landed 98 to Emmett's 35 in that two-round basis. And, (laughs) um, yeah, it was just a, that was just a really fucking good fight. I really want to see Bolt come back and fight. Yeah. He will. That's what I want to see next. I don't, I want to see that before the rematch, I think. Man, that's a heartbreaker for Josh Emmett. But yeah, air is really fucking good, dude. And I'm glad to see he get his title shot. Him versus Volk, mm-hmm. I'm way more fucking excited for now. I'm way excited for that too. It was awesome to see Yair with his family after he won too. That was, cowboy hat from his dad. Yeah. Gave the belt to his mom. It was awesome. It was a good fucking fight. It was a good weekend, man. Now we get to talk about the fucking the main event. The main event. Real controversial fight. The, the meat and the potatoes. <laughs> I had to. I had to say it. But hell of a fucking main event, man. Mm-hmm. What a fucking fight. And especially with everything that's unfolded afterwards. Mm-hmm. What a fucking Lots fight, of drama man. afterwards. Lots of fucking drama. I'll I'll check it out my opinion right out of the way, and then you can give yours. Mm-hmm. Watching the fight live, I have not rewatched it. I need to rewatch it and then make a statement about what I think. But watching it live, and I, you know, I was drinking some beers, a couple shots. Um, man, I thought Islam took rounds one, two, Bolt takes three, 
Islam takes four and Volk takes five. Pretty clearly, when I watched it live, the commentary team also, I think, felt the same way. But the public persona, I don't know, that's not definitely not what I meant, but the public, the public, public the, attitude or the public perception. Yeah, the, per, the public perception of it was that Volk won. And I and then I watched Joe Rogan's fight companion. I just listened to it. I didn't really watch it, but I listened to it this week for just during that fight. That's the only part I watched was just during that fight. And all four of those guys in live time were pretty fucking convinced that Volk won that fight. Mm-hmm. Another incredible people, but it, it, you know Joe Rogan obviously right after I, you haven't watched it, but right after. It's like, well, maybe maybe we're being biased. Like he he just like wasn't even up. Like at first he's like, what? And then he just instantly just was like, you know, I gotta rewatch it. He's like, because I thought Peter Yan beat Sean O'Malley when, when I watched it live, but then when I went back and watched it again, I clearly could see that Sean O'Malley could could have won that fight and did win that fight. This was a little bit more tricky than the Peter Yan and Sean O'Malley fight because I don't think Peter Yan had Sean O'Malley in a body triangle. For that one round, I think it was round two. That's the big, like, did do you give that for damage or for control? Islam did get Volk in a body triangle, and he could mm-hmm. not get up, get out of that. Yeah, it's a dominant position. I don't think he was working real submissions. He had that neck crank, but that was, I think, that was in one of the rounds that he won, round two. I think the swing round for those guys and, and for the public's round one. I think it's round one. It's either round one or two. I, get two. I think it's there. mostly two. From what I've seen, people are swinging on two. So I, I do need to go back and watch that, and I'll and I'll say something about that. But, man, what, what was your thoughts about all of that? I agree with you. I had Islam one and two, Volk three, Islam four, Volk five. Like, and two, I think, is the swing round. That one was super close. I could see that round going either well, way. Did, did Volk? I know that they that the judges only scored one takedown all fight or knockdown, sorry, but there was more than one knockdown in that fight. I want to say Volk maybe stumbled or or rocked or knocked down Islam twice in round two, and then Islam stumbled him once in round two, and then got the takedown. Hmm. So I need to rewatch that. But I mean, decided. all around, it was a great fight. Like Volk had really good, it was a hell of a defense, fight, really good ground defense. There's a there's a picture of Islam when his eye. I don't. It might have mm-hmm. even been in the fifth, but it's when his eyes kind of a little bit fucked up. It like never like it's been before mm-hmm. at least. And he's like looking off, like with his mouth open. And it's like oh, like he did not. I truly do not think that Islam thought that fight was going to be even half as close as it was. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't either. I thought Islam would dominate on the ground game honestly and i did think that islam had a a complex about uh trying to knock him out i think mm-hmm. he was more he want i think he because he said he did and he stayed on his feet way more way longer my I honest opinion of islam most around one to go for a takedown right and i and and i i genuinely think that islam style and that dagestani russian camp style is shoot they just shoot from from really from a lot in the past very like even khabib sometimes when he couldn't get the first takedown he would still be shooting though islam Mm -hmm. didn't really shoot he never had any desperate shots he never forced any takedowns 
he was very patient and, and really overall pretty content to stay on the feet. Mm-hmm. He was for sure. I've seen a lot of people saying control time shouldn't mean as much in judging. But I mean, Volk got controlled for all around four. Like, you don't want to lose to control time. Don't get controlled. No, I, I, and, and Joe Rogan thinks that there shouldn't even be stand, like the, the ref should never stand him up. Like, if you get taken down, then you have to fucking yeah. figure it out on how to mm-hmm. get off of your fucking back. I don't know. I, it's stickier with me. I think that there's a fine fucking line. I, cause I agree to them to an extent for sure, you know, but also the fan, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where if you just have someone taken down and you're just, it's control, you're being controlled. It's, it's a very mm-hmm. fucking sticky argument, man. Cause I'm, I'm really so in the, like, not even so in the middle. I'm more on the, if you get taken down, you should have to get yourself off of the fucking ground. Mm-hmm. But also there are people that will not work at all on the ground, not chase any submissions, not go for any fucking grounded pound. They're just perfectly content to outpoint you. But that is winning. I I don't I don't know. I didn't see anything in that fight, at least that I should that I was like, yeah, they should stand each other. Not once. Not once did I ever think that for this fight. So yeah. Hats off to Islam Makachev. Yeah. Islam was working that entire fourth round, too, I feel like. Like, he was always trying to do something. So, yeah. And it was... It was a close fight. I don't I don't agree with Volk got robbed. I see it go... I, I see, don't think Volk, got, got, robbed, Volk no. got robbed either. No, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see robbery anywhere. I didn't mm-hmm. feel robbery. I'm going to rewatch it and, and see if my opinion changes. But live and real action and to, and to my knowledge now i think islam won that fucking fight and i'm i'm not gonna even lie i'm anti that style i'm anti islam i'm honestly no you want to vote i want to win big time yeah i want to vote to win big fucking time i think islam bad for the division i i don't i can elaborate on that further in life but i i don't think islam i don't think that style sells that's a problem that they had with Khabib. It was not mm-hmm. selling. Um, that's the problem they kind of had with Mighty Mouse for a little bit is that he was just so much fucking. It, and it's hard because it just shows that they're it's MMA. It's it's mm-hmm. all aspects of, of mixed martial arts. Like they're dominant, which, but it doesn't it just doesn't sell. It just doesn't it doesn't appeal to the casual, mm-hmm. typical fan. You know, for people, especially like myself, I'm going to buy it either way. It doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm who it is i'm buying it anyways i i love all of it but as far as overall it's not a very big selling style yeah but i mean incredible fucking card man i mean that was a hell of a card no, i had a good ass time what all the fights were pretty fucking good um the crowd atmosphere was fucking amazing yeah, australia had a good australia crowd. was amazing dude I think that they could have mixed the crowd more in on the mic because I bet you live it was going insane. Mm-hmm. That's kind of one of the trips about going to it and then watching the event that you went to was that they turned down the crowds. Like, because it's pretty much for the main event, it's pretty much nonstop roaring. Mm-hmm. But fucking crazy, man. I don't, I mean, we can kind of jump into the IV shit still waiting on some i don't really like to discuss shit like that accusations i don't want mm-hmm. to i don't really like shedding light on accusations that's why i haven't said anything on the matter i haven't posted anything on social media on the matter because 
it come out. This is the story as far as my knowledge is just from all the sources I've seen that everyone has access to right now. Um, USADA made a statement that just said a fighter can be, I, I believe it said the fighter can be administered only if doctor prescribes, so like if there was an issue with the weight cut and the doctor prescribed you to need an IV, but it's like a certain amount of fluids per something else. So it's like, and then, so I guess this all started because Hangman Hooker, Dan Hooker had said something on Twitter along the lines of, don't quote me, but along the lines of stupid fucker said, thought he could come to Australia and get an IV and we wouldn't know about it. Yeah. Or maybe fucking cheat or something like that. Obviously, Dan Dan Hooker's lost to Charles Oliveira in like two minutes in the first round. He submitted him. Um, and then Ali, I'm not even going to try to say his fucking last <laughs> name, manager for like fucking 70% of the goddamn UFC roster. Fucking, he come out with this tweet. I wish I had it easily pulled up, but it was something like fighters are allowed this many fluids four liters i think is a three to four, four liters is what he said which is a lot like after such and such weigh-ins and then very very fucking quickly deleted that tweet but that's just not how this new world this new world works mm-hmm. anything you say is clipped i mean it's uh, anything publicly especially on social media you say it's fucking clipped so he said some shit about that and then that got he deleted that and then i seen an interview with eugene i can't remember his last name but israel adesanya's main coach he helps coach volk even though i i believe volk spends 90 percent of his camp in thailand at tigers mma something like that a lot of fighters go to that that's where mm-hmm. comes goes to peter yan goes over there uh marvin vittori just started going over there darren till's been over there recently it's in Thailand, it's Tiger's Blood MMA or Tiger's MMA, something like that. But so a lot of people think that that Eugene guy is like Volk's number one coach. I don't think so. I don't even know how much time Volk actually works in at City Kickboxing in New Zealand because it's not where Volk lives. Volk lives in Australia. But he did an interview. I can't remember who it was with, but he said the only thing that we confirm that we can confirm right now is that either Islam or one of his three coaches that were in his corner got an IV. That's what he said. Is he can't he, he said all I can say is is he's either Islam or one of the three guys that were in his corner got an IV. My take on that is why would those other guys get one? Maybe they maybe they just about that IV life. I don't know. Islam's got those IV marks. Definitely could have been prior to the fight for sure. Mm. That's not really a, a that's not really evidence in my yeah. eyes, but I mean, the UFC has come out and you saw it came out and was saying there is a, an allowed amount, but the Western Australia Athletic Commission doesn't allow it at all. So it's still against the rules if he used it while in Australia for that fight. Yeah, because the athletic um, committee, like the Arizona or the Nevada Athletic Commission, they their rules trump. Yeah, the athletic commission rules come first so it's against the rules there still so if you use it it was against the rules what they do? there's what been no they evidence do? uh if, if like would they vacate his title i'm and not sure about no that i think i think you're just yeah and that and like 
I don't know, like the results of that fight wouldn't count or something. Like that fight would just be taken off the records, maybe. Who knows? So usually they'll rule it either a loss or a no contest. Probably no contest, I'd bet. But then if you have a no contest as a champion, do you lose your belt? I'm not sure. No. Well, if you tie it, you keep your belt. Yeah, I'm not sure on that. Me neither. We got some good fights tonight. I only know like a couple of the fighters. The main event, um, Ovent St. Prue, probably his last fight in the UFC, I imagine. That guy that fought John Jones for the title forever ago. Pretty good card. Um, probably only going to watch the main event. We'll see. Yeah, I think I'll just watch the main event. Should be a good one. What do we got next weekend? This is on um, We got Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. It's a pretty good fight. Mike Mallett's a fucking stud. I've been waiting for Mike Mallett to fight again. Mm-hmm. Mike Mallett's a fucking pip. I was actually just thinking about him just the other day. Curious when he was going to fight again. Fighting a fellow, fellow, fellow Canadian. Already Osborne fights, probably going to lose again. Not crazy next weekend, but then the following weekend after that is fucking John Jones. So we're about two weeks out from John Jones. We'll talk more about that as it gets a little closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll definitely save that those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um. Really, I'd like to thank all of you guys for watching and tuning in or listening, whatever the fuck you're doing. Um, this is the number one Utah-based podcast in the nation, in the world, in the galaxy, in the dimension that we all reside inside of. Maybe this is a multi-dimensional podcast. I don't even fucking know. Maybe our guy from Belgium has access to like the seventh dimension. But, uh, we're going to play now for you guys to end this episode, the Sam Alvey interview. Again, keep in mind, it was our first interview. We're still working out the fucking kinks on things. Um, it was a great time, though. Great conversation. Yeah. Lots and lots of good good details and information that, that Sam shared about us with some a lot of behind-the-scenes uh, aspects of the UFC that I've always been curious about. So you guys may be curious as well. Well, thank you guys so much for watching. I'm Garrett Kimball. Of course, always joined by the lovely Kobe Mooney. And we will catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you. Follow us on social media, Deseret MMA. We will also have Sam Alvey's social medias in the description. What have you been up to? Building a fence? Yeah, I've got a, my goats keep getting out. And we're about to, and oh, we just got three baby sheep. And so I got a, I got a fence. I got to put an electric fence like knee high around the entire back couple acres. And, and, and little, my, my spool of fencing broke, and so I've got a giant, I mean, like, thousands of yards of tangled uh, fence I have to untangle. And, yeah, it's, it's a pain in the ass. Uh, no, I don't fucking like, How big is your, your ranch? So I've got five acres, but I, two and a half of it is 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 uh, for the, the animals animals you got i know you got turkeys i believe and ducks yeah i've got three turkeys six ducks three geese uh 30 chickens a pig through two sheep five goats excuse me two of one breed of sheep now i've got three of another breed of sheep 
Uh, then I've got five goats, two horses, a pig, three three dogs, and three sphinx cats. I can't I can't understand you, sir. Me? I know. Uh, black shirt. Me? I've got white shirt. I You're not picking up. Is that a little bit better? Uh, only a little bit, but I, I can hear it. Sorry, this is our first one. Oh. Does it sound like I'm direct or does it sound like I'm picking Hey, You get loud and then quiet, loud and quiet. I, I can't quite make out what you're saying. You may just have to go off this one, right? I'll have to sit in How's that? Is that any better? Yeah, no, I, I heard that real well. Okay. Right. So I think we're picking up. Yeah. Well, anyone that doesn't know, this is the man you cannot get down, the man that you will never see frown, the one, the only, smiling Sam Alley. Hey, what an introduction. I love it. Bruce Buffer is in trouble. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I would never my Bruce, but but we're very thankful to have you on today. Yeah, for sure. Um, no better guest to have on our very first interview in our in our young podcast than Smile and Sound Alley. Yes, thank you. And thank you guys for being so forgiven and me being late though. Oh, oh no, we just really appreciate the time. All right, so we're going to jump into a couple of questions. So we briefly talked about them. We'll, we'll include that part besides all the mic issues that we had. Okay. Um, you had a very busy day building fence. Uh, what what's a typical what what is a day in your life like nowadays? All right, so I'm usually up by six. I start getting. Uh, we have three brand new sheep. They're the oldest one is three weeks. The youngest two are one week. Uh, so I feed them first. Then I wake up my kids. I make breakfast for all them. I uh, get them set up and ready to go to school. I then drive them to school from school. I go to the lifting gym where I go and I get swole. Um, and I, and I've been doing that as religiously as I've ever done it. Like more, more than anything else. I am lifting weights right now more than uh, when I'm done with training. Oh yeah. Back, back, or, wait. Or back with earlier, in your career, I guess I could say. I, I'm lifting more now. I'm going up to 205 more, more than mm -hmm. likely that's where I'll be forever. So I'm just trying to get as big as I can. And I am, my, my weights have gone, I mean, skyrocketed. Um, and it's it's I, I I've always loved lifting weights, uh yeah. So I, I I run two to three miles every morning as my warm up, uh, and I'm getting faster too. You know I've gained some weight. I've gotten some. I've gotten a little thicker, and uh, my my mile times are still going up. So that's fantastic. Uh, and then after I'm done with the the weightlifting, I go and do jujitsu or sparring depending on the day. Then I go home. I feed all my goats and sheep and horses and all that. Um, I eventually, I, we've been remodeling our house for the last year. So I'll do some work on the house. Then I'll go pick up the kids. I take them to whatever sport they're in at the moment. They've got wrestling or baseball or soccer, or, um, jujitsu or Muay Thai. I take them to their practice if I'm not taking them to their music lesson. And then I will either get my second, uh, jujitsu sparring match in, or I'll go teach jujitsu and sparring. That's a very 
all the model that you all data being a white on. Didn't hear a word, guys. I'm sorry. Was that so? I think I remember a story of you where you accidentally texted or called Dana White about like a leak in your roof or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, we, you know, we're remodeling. Uh, we, we tore down our old ceiling, we we vaulted it, and then I drywalled over the, the flat parts. And we, we got a new AC unit, or at least the old one fixed, and it was great. And then all of a sudden, it just started dripping through the drywall. I was like, oh, this sucks. Well, my friend who helped me drywall everything, he was the drywaller. I was just his backup. His name mm -hmm. is Dan White. Uh, and so I texted Dan a picture of it and I said, hey, Dan, this is happening. Ugh. And he responded, oh, that sucks. I said, yeah, man, it's really rough. Do you, do you know if this is anything that the uh, air conditioning you know, contractor talked about? And that that's what Dan said, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Sam. And so then, then I looked at who I was. I wasn't texting my buddy Dan. I was texting my buddy Dana White. Uh, <laughs> I had a kick out of that. And he said, oh, you know what? By the way, I'm so sorry. I don't know if I responded to you about your, your baby. We named my baby after him a little bit. His middle name is Dana, my, my newest baby. And so I had texted Dana that. And he said, I don't know if I responded. I, I'm always traveling and stuff gets lost. And I said, oh, I and we chatted about that for a little bit. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty funny moment. My, my my wife turned beet red. She thought it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> so I just have a question. So we're, you know, we're just peanuts in this in this whole big thing of, of the UFC and, and MMA. I'm just curious on business end of things. When you've been in the UFC for as long as you have, you know, What's your relationship like with Dana White, and and how do you kind of view like do you deal with Dana White like when you're trying when you were trying to get fights or like like how much involvement does Dana White have in actually like talking to the fighters and and getting fights scheduled? Uh, so in the UFC, I've always been a journeyman, more of a journeyman than a title contender. I made it to top ten there for a second, but only for a second, and then highs and lows throughout it. So for me. I, I've spoken outside of that text. I had a couple texts I've had with him. I've spoken to Dana three or four times, maybe. Um, yeah, and most fighters are like that. Most fighters don't have that much interaction with them. We, our matchmaker is Mick Maynard or uh, Sean Shelby, and th those are the people we usually contact with or are in contact with. Dana knows all of us. Like he he watches us fight. He he watches. God, he he must watch so many fights. Um, so he knows all of us and he probably, he would probably think, you know, in the back of his head, he's got 800 fighters at any given moment that he's got to, you know, split his time with a little bit. So, um, that, that I've spoken with him three or four times is probably a lot compared to, to most, most fighters. Yeah. That's incredible. Cause you know, he's such the face of, of the UFC and, you know, everything seems like seemingly goes through him. So that, that kind of blows my mind a little bit, you know, for that long time. Well, there it was just such yeah. a yeah i suppose once you're in the top, top 10 once you're vying for title you probably do a lot more direct dealing with uh dana white um hey that's pro probably the case like i said i touched number 10 and then i fell out pr pretty shortly after that i never never really climbed to the title contention um so i, I never got all that much one-on-one -on -one time with him so he does get a christmas oh. every year though he does do a Christmas bonus. Is that what you said? It's a no, he oh, gets a Christmas, Christmas card from me every year. My my, I I say me, but my wife. Uh, every employee of the UFC gets a, a five dollar gift card to 
to a, a Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or, you know, a coffee shop from, from mm-hmm. me. And we, we've done that for the last decade and, and we'll probably, as long as I can afford to do it, I, I'll probably continue doing it for a while. Very sweet of you. Um, so I've seen your TikToks recently a lot and, and your social medias, and I want to, you know, give this time to you to speak about it. What's next for you right now? What is it that you're working towards right now? As far uh, as your career? You know, my last fight, the first punch that bastard hit me with broke my jaw. And so I haven't really been allowed to fight yet. My jaw's healed up. I've, it never got wired shut this time, which is nice. I'm back to full training. I'm lifting all the time. I'm trying to go up a weight class. Uh, I, I'm really, I'll probably end up fighting a little less than I did. I was one of the more active fighters in the UFC. Um, and so now I'll probably fight a little less. I'm going to chase the money a little bit. Uh, if it takes me overseas, like, uh, I've, I've been talking to some bare knuckle organizations overseas and, really? and that, that's probably, probably where I'm going to go next. But, uh, who knows? There's so many good organizations here in the States. Uh, maybe I'll stick with the MMA and then, you know, try my hand back in Bellator or PFL or Eagle FC or, or something like that. What about WWE? That would be my dream job. There's nothing I want to do more than the WWE. Uh, and I, I've got some people working on it, but it's right. Right. When I was talking to him, Vince McMahon was getting kicked out. So WWE has kind of been up in the air for, for the last few months. So would you be willing to go to like a, I'm not a big wrestling guy, but would you be willing to go to like a EW if WWE would, wasn't calling? Absolutely. I would love the AEW. I've talked a little more directly to them and they they're looking for people that have existing experience. Uh, and I, I do not have that. I'm very, very good at falling, very good at getting thrown, but, uh, I, I don't have a big resume of, of amateur wrestling under my belt just yet. Um, so the WWE, you know, they've got the training ground, they've got the NXT, they've got the, they've got some, some, you know, ability for me to train a little bit before they, they put me in the ring with uh, Ronda Rousey. <laughs> How do you think that would go, you versus Ronda? Oh, I'd smoke her. I'm so much bigger than her. <laughs> what do you think I'm about these for women's title? Uh, <laughs> what do you think about these fights coming up for the UFC? Do you watch often? Like, are you a big fan of the UFC? Like you oh, yeah, I, I love fights. Uh, I, I'm not going to stay up till three in the morning like last week's fight no, to watch. I, uh, I, to watch of us I watch everything and I did not stay up for that. Yeah, I, I could tell you like who the main event was. And that was all I could tell you about the card. Didn't know anything else. That That's that's the problem the UFC does have is as they're trying to become more global, they, they've got on any given card. I only know two or three of the fights on, on there. Um, they, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but tonight's card, tonight's card, I love tonight's card. Um, I, I at least, uh, the, I want Volkanovski to win so badly. I want him to win more than I think I want <laughs> anyone else to win. I, 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 those damn Dagestanis keep scaring everybody. I want him, to, I want somebody to prove that they can bleed. Oh, I'm Volkanovski, with he might be the one to do it. I, I know he's so much smaller. He might be stronger so much smaller and it's it's going to be an uphill battle but i i'm really looking forward to watching it yeah it'll be a good fight for sure you know, i'm really pumped for tonight i i i was a big max holloway guy and, and i thought max won that second fight against volk but there was absolutely no denying that volkanovsky beat, beat max that third time and mm-hmm. i was a big i don't know if you can see the decor behind but i, I was a big charles Oliveira guy myself and i actually had him beating Makachev. so i'm 
I'm rooting really big for Volkanovski. I don't know if you saw him at the faceoffs. He is quite a bit shorter than Islam is. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to believe the Volkanovski used to be bigger than me. Two fourteen, something like that. They said 14. when he was when he was playing rugby. Oh, that's nuts! Oh, well, I can imagine. It's it's kind of a trip to me to think. You know, I've I've seen Volkanovski live. I saw him fight Brian Ortega in Vegas, and mm-hmm. I have a really close friend that's the exact same height. I think Volk's five six. Um, and this dude is a big wrestler, wrestled through all high school, state champion, two-time second place at state champion. He's five six, just shredded to the core. And when when you see him on TV and then you, you're there live for the fights, it's different. They look way more human when you're there actually for the fights. And it'd be like, you know, if we stood next to him, he'd be similar to looking like a Dilbro. Yeah. Yeah. I it sometimes so I, I get it a lot i'll get it like 50 50 some people think i'm bigger than i should be or smaller than i should be uh so i'm sure everyone gets it especially someone bulk even for 140 145 or he's short <laughs> <laughs> no he is a little bit short so i got a couple questions for you sam what what was your favorite moment in your career so thus far Oh, the the individual moment. I mean, the first time you get, I got a win, I got a knockout in the UFC was that was something else. I mean, it was I, I'd spent I'd spent a career building to that point, building to the opportunity to make money in something I love doing, um, and to be able to to go out there and do it and win at such a high level that that was pretty cool. How how big of a of a difference is it? So I I watched LFA's card last night and it was in some casino. And they had like, you know, the floor seats right there. And then and then they have a bunch sectioned off. And then clear at the top, they had some people. How much of like a, you know, in layman's terms, like is it of a mind fuck? Is it for you? Like, not for you, I guess, but to go from, you know, this level to the UFC and the crowd difference. I don't know how big it was, you know, right when you had gotten in. But like, is it a significant gap between the fan, like how the attendance and the crowd make, plays a role? No, you know, the big difference, I mean, the biggest difference for me between fighting MFC is where I was the champion before going to, to the UFC. Um, the biggest difference for me is the, the purse size, the money you get. Like when I, w- when I want to fight before the UFC, yeah, I've got money for rent. Um, and then once I'm in the UFC, I get that first big win is like, Oh, I have money for, I have, I have a lot of money. It's like, I have money for food. I don't just have to pay bills. I've got some, and that was that was kind of the moment. It's like, oh, I this is this is cool. I can afford to keep you know uh, playing in the gym for for as long as I want to. This is this is pretty pretty tight. So there's lots and lots of debate, at least recently, about fighter pay. What if if you want to to tie in? We don't have to obviously, oh, yeah. but if you want to, what what's your opinion on fighter pay? You you obviously been in the UFC before the Reebok deal, back when you had sponsorships. Um, so so what's your yeah. what's your take on UFC fighter pay? This will be the this will be the the take that, that gets you guys huge. Your podcast huge, uh, <laughs> or even bigger at least. Uh, I think the fighter pay in the UFC is incredible. I, I think they they have such a business plan put together that the way they are paying and the way they are increasing the payment of everybody is is second to just about no one. Uh, it's like when I started fighting, I believe it was eight and eight for your first fight, for your first victory. Eight thousand to show, mm-hmm. show eight thousand. 
right now it's 12 and 12. It's getting real close to 14 and 14. And if you have enough accolades under the UFC, LFA champion or, you know, one of C or Bellator or something like that, they'll start shit even higher than that. And immediately after that first contract, they, they they bump you up. After I won three of my, no, two of my first three fights, they gave me the next one. So I went from 14, say I was eight, so I was like 11 and 11 was my, sec, was my second victory. They bumped me up to close to 30 and 30 uh, on my second contract, which was, I mean, signing the second contract. Like, oh, my God, this is, if I lose, I'm going to make more than I've ever made winning before. Um and that just, I mean, they have been expanding with the, with the sport. And unlike any other sport, the UFC really does uh, give us the ability to, to monetize ourselves. Uh, for the rest of my life, oh, maybe not me. Hey, for the rest of my life, people recognize me. Uh, I, I've got to, as you know, assuming I don't gain a thousand pounds or something like that. I'm a big ginger kid that smiles a lot that was UFC worthy. Um, people recognize me. They, you won't get recognized if you're, you know, any on a football team other than maybe a receiver or quarterback. Uh, hockey's the same way. Basketball, basketball is a little tricky because they're all eight foot tall. You just assume he's a basketball player. <laughs> uh, but but they have given us the ability to to monetize ourselves outside of the octagon, which is beautiful as well. Um, and the sponsorships. I made so much more money through Reebok and then Venom than I ever could have, you know, pre Reebok and Venom. Uh, the most, I think I, I started with Reebok at $5,000 is what I got. Um, that was more money than I was ever able to raise in sponsorship for in the UFC out of the UFC ever before. Cause that's what people don't understand about sponsorship is putting your name on my butt isn't going to help you tomorrow. It's if you put your name on my butt for years, I will help you. Or if there's that one excellent photo of my butt, you know, knocking someone out or something, you can use that for advertising. <laughs> uh-huh. So, so the way Reebok did, if you, if you are a superstar, if you are a Conor McGregor or John Jones or Dan Henderson, you might be able to make, you know, way more money with, with, outside sponsorship but most of us fighters do not we just don't have the ability most of our sponsors are you know friends of the family or people i've trained um so once reebok took over i could still get all the sponsorship i wanted i just did it on my my instagram or my tiktok or my twitter or my my whatever whatever else um and because of the ufc i'm verified i'm growing my other platforms as well no i think that's something that you've done very well is is use the platform that the UFC gives you, the eyes that the UFC gives you to market yourself. You know, I don't know if you felt this, and this is how long that I've been watching you personally is, is right before your last fight in the UFC. I don't know if you felt this, but it seemed like for someone that's been like diehard UFC, eat, breathe, and smoke UFC nonstop for the last at least five or six years of my life, it felt like the entire UFC fan base was behind you. Like, I remember I commented on my personal account several times leading up to your last fight in the UFC. Like everyone wanted to see you win that fight. And I think that's because something that you've done very well is use the plat use the platform that the UFC provides for you to market yourself. Yeah, you know, I, I've always I always tease my tease my wife. I tell her I'm very charming. I'm very charming. Uh and uh, she, she knows I'm joking, but there's something about me people have liked. And so I, I haven't had to put on a front 
on my social media. I've just been able to be me. I've been able to to go out and just let people know who I am. And if they like me, fantastic. And I hope they do. And if they don't, hopefully I don't offend anyone. Um, I, I, I do know uh, Twitter and Reddit are terrible places. They just want to see me hurt. Uh, but everywhere else has been fairly receptive of, of, of who I am. And I really am. I'm an open book. If somebody wants, I, I understand I've... I've done something that that fighters, I mean, under the UFC level, fighters around the world dream of doing, and um, what what the fans wish they could do. And if I can let them know how it's done or what I did to do it, even just a little bit, I really that's what I've used my social media to do, uh, to just spread the the knowledge or the information that that somebody might not otherwise know. No, oh, and. That's what I think we really appreciate you. You obviously you taking time out of your day to to speak with us for a couple of minutes. I mean, it means the most, and it shows. I mean, you have fifty thousand followers just on Instagram alone, and we don't we have fifty followers on Instagram alone. It just shows a lot of character and, and a lot about you. So we, we don't want to keep you too long here today, so you can go home and watch the fights. Obviously, so we're just gonna fire off just one more question for you, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely, um, guys. So, in your opinion. Out of all the fighters, who do you think is the greatest of all time? I don't think there's a question unless Volkanovski wins tonight. It's George St. Pierre. And I don't, Volkanovski is the closest to being number two. If he wins tonight, I got to real that. I got to do some math. He might take over that goat spot. But uh, George St. Pierre, he has lost and he bounced back from the loss, got his title back, had a record run for the title, went out on top, retired for five years, went up a weight class took a title from another man from a, a reigning defending champion uh, and then retired again. And he did it clean. At least I, I, I believe he did it clean. Uh, and he, he did it with wrestling and he wasn't a wrestler. Uh, he, he, he is, he is what UFC champions should be. Um, Volkanovsky has that opportunity to prove he is the goat tonight. And even if, even if he loses, but it's pretty competitive, I will definitely get him bumped up to number two or three on my list. Who do you have at number two right now? Oh, what was that? Who do you have at number two right now? Uh, it's either Jose Aldo or Khabib. Um, Khabib's hard to argue with. I can argue against him, but it's it's easier to just to, to say Khabib. Uh, Jose, although he, he's he's just incredible. Um, I would like to put Anderson Silva on there, but he he's popped for drugs too many times. Uh, Cyborg, I would put on there, but if I did, I'd have to put Nunez on there too. Uh, and I don't want to put Nunez. I like Nunez. I just don't consider one of the greatest of all times. Um, uh, and uh, shoot, I'd have to look up. I, I keep it. I've made a couple of TikToks about my list, and every time I think I changed two or three of them. But those are my solid, uh, my solid three. George St. Pierre is number one. Khabib is number two, and uh, Jose Aldo is number three. So, we want to just thank you so much for the time that you've given us today, Sam. I mean, it literally means the world. You know, at the end of the day, this could be you know something that is the peak of what we're doing right now, and. We just really appreciate the time you've set. Hopefully, you know, here in the near future, or we could have you back on here again and hopefully under circumstances. But, <laughs> but we really, we really do appreciate it, Sam. You've been really great to work with. Um, you know, nothing, nothing but respect and, and just love on her. So thank you so much for the time today, Sam. Hey, you're very welcome, guys. Thank you for wanting me on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys heard it first. That is 
the one and only smiling Sam Allison. Thank you, Sam. Hey, have a great night, guys. Yeah, enjoy the fight. Yeah, you enjoy the fights as well. <laughs>